Welcome to the Spirituality Out Loud podcast, where you'll hear real-life stories of people's unique spiritual journeys in their own words from their own viewpoints. Hosted by Leslie Seidel, relationship expert and spiritual mentor, who specializes in working with people on their relationships, from their romantic life to their work life and just plain life. Here's Leslie. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Spirituality Out Loud podcast. I am Leslie Seidel, and today I cannot wait to dive in to this interview. Today we have Bree Seely. She is an inspirational woman who supports women around the world to bring their visions to life. She's a catalyst, speaker, and author. She's a regular contributor to the Huffington Post and the Influensive, and is known for, uh, by many for her talent like it is out-of-the-box guidance that creates massive and epic changes in every woman she encounters. I also have to say, she is one of the people responsible for me doing this podcast. It has been a dream and a hope and a wish of mine, and it came out of a conversation I had with her where she supported me and challenged me to walk through my fear and show up to finally do it. And in that conversation with her, I said, will you... Uh, I told her about the podcast, and she said, I will absolutely be on it. And so we are here today. Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> and um, I also want to say that I'm excited to tell you guys that she has an amazing new book coming out, Permission to Leap, which comes out on November 14th. She also has a podcast with the same name and a six-month training, which I can't tell you. I can't um, recommend highly enough. And you can find out how to get in all of these things at coachlesley.com forward slash podcast. Hi, Bree. Hi. I'm so happy to be here, especially knowing that our conversation is what helped catalyze you to create it. Yes. Took the permission to leap. Yay. Yeah. So let's dive in. Um, so I don't know any of your story. So it's, it's really interesting to get to know people in this way. And so we start at the beginning, which is what was your uh, spiritual or religious background? What was your experience of that growing up? Kind of what was your first knowledge of that? I didn't really have much of it growing up. My mom was very like, it was going to be my choice. And so she didn't even baptize me when I was born. And she knew that when, if I got baptized, I was going to choose that and it was going to be a conscious thing that I was going to be the one to basically give my permission to have that done to my, my spirit and my being. Um, and so I didn't even get baptized. I think I was seven or eight when I got baptized. And, you know, of course I didn't really know what it was or what I was doing. And we went to grow up in the Midwest. So of course, you know, we're Lutheran. We didn't go to church though a lot. And I never really fully connected with it. I, always knew that there was something more out there. But as a kid, and especially, you know, back decades and decades ago, the stuff just wasn't really talked about. It was like, you either went to church or you didn't, you believed in God or you didn't, but there was no like, there was no conversation around it, or there was no understanding around it or any of that stuff. So I did get baptized. I did get confirmed, but I think a lot of it was just like, oh, my friends are doing it. So like one of my girlfriends and I got baptized together. 
you know, when I was little and I went to confirmation because my friends were there and I went to youth group because my friends were there and just kind of did it. And, and like I said, I, I always kind of knew there was something more, but I never fully resonated with religion. Like it just didn't make sense to me and it just didn't feel right. And, and I'm very much one that I'm led by what feels good and what doesn't feel good and what feels right and truthful and just what doesn't. And so I never read the Bible. I tapped into the energy of it, but I didn't fully subscribe to all the stuff around it. So when you got baptized and you got confirmed, it wasn't for spiritual reasons. It was more because this is just what we do at seven and this is what my peers are doing. Okay. And so what really resonates with me and what I keep hearing from people's conversations is what resonates as truth to them. So you're a young kid in the Midwest, you have some room. I mean, it's such a beautiful thing to hear your mom give you the space and a conscious decision to come to something. Was there an, was she active with that or did she just kind of hands off, not really talk about it? I feel like she led Sunday school for a year at some point. And I, you know, went to Sunday school and I, I think I went even after she stopped leading it, but, um, not, I, she was just kind of like, you know, whatever. I was an only child up until I was 10. And so it was kind of like, I, I ran the show basically. (laughs) I got to pick what we had for dinner. I got to, you know, like I, I just, I got to make a lot of the decisions because it was just us. And so she was kind of just like, you know, whatever, whatever you want. And, and it wasn't, she wasn't passive, but she wasn't active either. It was kind of like a middle ground. And it sounds like you had something similar, right? You weren't passive and you weren't active. You were just like, oh, okay, we're doing this. But there wasn't a deep resonance. There wasn't. Um, yeah. Okay, so then kind of what happened as you grew older? Did something happen? Yeah, so I got into a car accident when I was 24, maybe 25, somewhere in there. Got into this car accident. I was working for a woman at the time who I call my, uh, she was like my spiritual what do I call her? My like spiritual dealer. She was like my, she was like my gateway drug into spirituality. Interesting. (laughs) So we shared an office and there would be times when I'd be like, Oh, my stomach's a little upset. And she would be like, here, hold on to this crystal for a little while, or here, take this tincture or, you know, try this or try that. And when I got into the car accident, she bought me my first yoga mat and then started inviting me. My boyfriend and I at the time were breaking up and she started inviting me to meditations and to spiritual groups and circles. And, um, just, she was, she was literally my gateway drug into spirituality. Like one thing after another, it started with crystals and tinctures. And then she got me into my Reiki provider and, uh, you know, infrared saunas and like, just, I mean, like everything. And so little by little, I started opening up to the meditations and the yoga really helped and not just on a physical level. Um, up until that point, I was very type A and very like pushing and just like really rigid and just abrasive and the meditation and the yoga and the Reiki and just kind of helped mellow me out. And I started to like sink into my body for the first time in my life and just little things. And so that was kind of my introduction to it. And then now I feel like I've kind of taken it to like the opposite, like the extreme opposite end. (laughs) Cause now it's, it's my life. Like it's 
everything. It's in the, you know, it's so much of in the book. And I talk about how there's a physical world and there's a spiritual world. And if we're not tapped into the spiritual world, we're missing out on 95% of really what's available to us in any given moment. So interesting. So you meet this woman and she kind of has, it sounds like a spiritual toolbox, right? So it's not one particular thing, but it's a bunch of different things. And you would have some pain and she would see that as an opportunity or an in, right? To say like, hey, here you go. Try a little of this. I love the gateway drug idea. <laughs> um, and you were open, right? It's like those pain points. And for me, those pain points are really places for openings of spirituality. And, and, but there's a big leap between I'll go get some Reiki and do some yoga to my entire life really kind of is involved in this world. So how, how, how did that happen? So it's been about eight years. Like this has been an eight year process. And yeah. like I said, it started off slow and then just little by little more and more. And we joined this women's circle and then we started doing, you know, full moon ceremonies. And then I moved to LA and, and got deeper into it once I moved here. And it was, it was hard for me when I moved here because I was up in the Pacific Northwest before, you know, where you are, and it's very connected and very tapped in and, and just the opportunities to go have a bonfire in the middle of the woods on a full moon night, right, is there. And um, I moved here and it became a little harder. And so I got pretty disconnected for a while and I got a little off path for a while. And then I was at my computer one day in December 2015. 14 and saw this ad come across that was like, there's this conference coming up in LA, you know, apply for a scholarship. And I was like, oh, and there was something in me again that was like, I need to be at this conference. Like, I didn't know why, I didn't know anything about it. And so I applied, got to go. Um, and, and it was an amazing conference. I'm still part of the community, you know, three years later. I love all the people. And uh, one of the people I met while I was there was Hal Elrod, who, if you don't know, wrote The Miracle Morning. And it's basically, he talks about how to have a morning practice. That I knew, it took me six months after I met him to even start my morning practice. I devoured the book immediately and sat on it for six months because I knew that the second I started implementing that practice, it would change my life. And so once I did though, you know, it was like, I started off slow. I started off with a meditation here and a meditation there and then you know, ramped up to the full hour that he recommends. And he recommends six different things that you do. And um, now my mornings, I basically have three hours of non-negotiable protected time in the mornings. And that is my time to connect with spirit. That is my time to receive guidance. That is my time to tap into my body and really get centered and grounded and come from a place of service and have an open heart and all of that stuff. So I would say it was probably when it was around that time that I also, you know, closed my fashion business and decided to start coaching. And the more and more I got into coaching and the more and more I got into my morning practice, the more and more I realized how important having a connection with spirit is, especially, I, well, I think it's important for everyone, but especially as an entrepreneur, and especially as someone who's here as a healer, right? Like I have to be a clear channel for source and spirit to come through me all the time. I don't have a choice. For my client's sake, for anyone that picks up this book, the entire book was channeled. 
you know, almost all of my interviews right now that I'm going into are all channeled. And that's just for me to be the healer that I'm here to be in the world. I, that's non-negotiable. I can't not be connected to spirit and I have to get out of my own way and I have to deal with my shit and I have to heal myself and I, I have to do it before I can serve anyone else. Wow. You just said so many things. So, um, Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 it's all good. Right. Like which piece do I want to kind of come into? I, I really appreciated that you, uh, listen to the whispers, right? Um, I, my own path has been so filled with that and it, and it, I didn't name it at the time, right? Like, I was just like, this is interesting. You know, uh, I learned palmistry and I learned, you know what I mean? Like all of these different things and just following the bright lights today. It's, yes. Today it's way more um, conscious, right? I, my favorite thing, I talk about this all the time, is I ask Spirit for like those airplane hanger guys to go like, turn left. Like, <laughs> just like show me, show me exactly what it is you want, where you want me to go. And, but it took a long time to get there. You learned in the Midwest, these spiritual practices or the Washington, Washington. So you're in Washington, you learn from this woman and then you come to LA and didn't have a community the way you did back there. Were you seeking the community? I was trying to, but at the time to be fully honest, I was in the fashion industry and it was hard because you know, I, I, fashion is one of the major industries that really needs to be massively disrupted. And it is very out of touch with spirituality and higher powers. And it's so superficial and it's so mean and it's so damaging. I mean, it's, it's a hard industry to be in. And I got sucked in massively to it. And I was, again, so disconnected from my body and I had to, I was not listening to the whispers at that point in my life. And so I always say you get a whisper or you get a, a two by four and <laughs> I got a two by four. <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, you know, and that's really what, actually, I think I got two two by fours in 2014 and again in 2015, uh, that kind of massively shifted my trajectory because I was not tapped into spirit. And little by little, people were starting to come into my life. Little mm -hmm. by little, people were. And there's a lot of those people are still in my life. Mm -hmm. um, but in LA, it's had to be, because I live more on the east side of LA, the west side is a little more spiritual, like Venice and stuff like that. It's, it's a little more mm -hmm. in. But um, I just had to be more conscious of it. I had to be more purposeful about it. I had to actively go out of my way and search for things and meditations. And luckily I found a great Reiki healer almost immediately when I got here. Mm. She hosts two meditations a month. She hosts workshops. And that's been a really great tool for me and a really great in to have kind of like a grounded, consistent opportunity. Yeah. Um, but it was much more of a conscious seeking when I got here versus in Olympia, it was just everywhere. Interesting. So yeah, so you did get that. So that it makes sense to me, right? So much uh, personal growth and so much seeking comes from the two by four. You know, I, I am someone who listens to pain, right? And we all are. Yeah. And, and so, so you, and I love the fact that you're honest about the work it takes to be in connection, right? Like you read this book, you feel the power, you feel the truth of it. And it still took you six months to even start dipping your toe in it. What would you, so we're, I, I hear that 
spirituality and, um, and being connected is your guide. Tell me about the shadow of that. Tell me about how hard, like, so, you know, I was talking to someone recently in this idea that like, I'm spiritual, right? And people see it as just the ease of it, right? Like you're launching a book and it's so easy to see your Facebook feed and think, wow, she launched a book and she's just someone who sat down and you said, I channeled the book. And my thought, immediate thought was, I'm so jealous. How do I channel a book? How do I channel a book? Like, right. It like, it's an easy thing to do. It sounds, but it's not. It's so messy. The day before I left to write the book. So, you know, I get clear messages periodically. And a lot of times I'm in the fog, just like everyone else. So in January, I committed to a new goal, a new leap. And was in meditation a week later and got this really clear, you're writing a book this year and you're leaving LA for two weeks in June to go write it. And I was like, cool, uh, what am I writing? And <laughs> where am I going? How do I do that? How do you yeah, do that, right? Which exactly. is the next human experience. Okay, then, spirit, how? <laughs> yeah, and then immediately after that, my whole life started falling apart. Hmm. And it wasn't falling apart because I made the wrong decision. It was falling apart because it was an alignment issue. And so people, you know, this year has been really hard for me. I closed down my second business. I lost my business partnership. I lost a really, really great friend to me. My 10-week training program that I did last year that like was gangbusters and everyone loved stopped working this year. The seven-day training, uh, seven-day Facebook challenge I was doing last year, I trained 3,000 women in 90 days last year. This year, I could barely get 100 people in. It was like this night and day difference, and it wasn't because I was doing things wrong. It was because what I had been doing in the past that was aligned with where I was going in the past worked with that. The second I set a new goal, everything that worked last year stopped working this year. And it had to, I had to clear out that space. I had to get rid of it all. I basically, aside from my home, started with a blank slate this year. I had to clear everything out of my life. And that's part of what I talk about in the book is this, this is the process. And no one gets to escape it. If you're not clearing out the old energy and making space for the new stuff, your leap is never going to work and it's never going to happen. And so, and, and I'm, so as I'm going through this process, I'm like, universe, I'm supposed to be the expert in this, right? Like I'm writing a book about this. Why do I have to go through it again? I've had two decades of this shit. Can I just write the book? No, I had to go through all six phases of the leap process in order to write about it. Yep. So like the day before I flew, so I ended up getting the message about where I was going and what I was writing about. Um, a friend of mine messaged me and was like, hey, we're leaving town for two weeks in June. Do you want to come house it for us? And I was like, do I ever? He was like, we're going to get your plane ticket. You have the four-story house, the Lexus, the three cats, the bathtub, the fireplace. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, yep, yes. Beautiful. Yeah. So that came together, of course, because, you know, I was worrying about it and I kept getting no answer, no answer, no answer. And of course it was taken care of. Like I didn't have to worry about it, but I did because I'm human. Hold on one second. I just want to interrupt you of just those two things being true. One, things that are no longer functioning and no longer working, disintegrating, not of your own volit volition, right? Some of it maybe, but just naturally just not working. 
you did X, Y, and Z before and got this wonderful result. And then you do X, Y, and Z again, and it just goes wah, 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 right? And at the same moment, beautiful openings and being carried. You know what I mean? Like that is, it's, it's both these, like this stuff gets downloaded and you, you, there's no, I don't know of anyone and maybe you do anyone that is a healer. That's not the wounded healer. The only way I can teach you, the only way I can show you is through my own path and my own scars. And you're, you lived it. We all have to. Yeah. And that's, that's really what we most draw upon. Like the reason I can teach this Mm -hmm. is because I've been doing it for two decades. And because I've been doing it for two decades doesn't mean that I get a bypass. I still have to do it. Like no matter what, it's still, I still have to like show up and continue, you know, going through the process. I don't get to just pass it by because I'm an expert. I mean, do you feel, and this is my experience, that is slightly easier because I, I'm a, I, I believe and know that they're, that I'm, like I've done it before. It's still painful. I still end up on the floor in tears, but I also at the same time have some space to hold that it's going to be okay. Yeah. Tomorrow will be different. Where in the past, when I started this work, like you 20 years ago, I didn't know it was going to be okay. Like I was doing this stuff on faith and I kind of didn't believe you. Um, but I did it anyway, mostly to tell you you were wrong, but um, <laughs> whatever. It doesn't matter why you do it. It just matters that you do it. Right. So what happens next? So you're now, you get the opening, things are disintegrating and things are opening, but you're kind of in the hallway, right? And so what happens? Do you, I mean, how does it get downloaded? Tell me about that process. Well, I started just, yeah, I started just energetically opening up little by little to it, right? So on Sundays, I have this thing where I go walk, you know, up to Fifth Street four blocks north and I go to the farmer's market and I get my berries for the week and I get my produce for the week. And I started in, I think it was March or April. I, as I would walk, I would bring my notebook with me. In fact, I have my notebook sitting right here with me. It says, live your dream. And I would bring my notebook with me. And in the center of this notebook, I just started taking notes. I would take notes on the conversations I was having and it, see, it says book ideas. Nice. And I would start writing and I would start taking notes about like, what articles I'd read that week and, and the conversations I'd had and what was exciting me and, and what kept coming up like frequently, what kept like tapping on my shoulder and, and the thoughts I was having and just all sorts of stuff and just taking down notes of all these things. And I honestly don't even know, I cannot remember what, but like between taking those notes, actually deciding that this is what I was writing about. Like I don't remember the moment where I decided what I was writing about. But I did hire a marketing team to help me. And that was one of the things where like they showed up in my life and I spent three weeks crying about it because it terrified me so much. And part of the reason it terrified me was one, it was a big investment. And I knew that if I was saying yes to this investment, I was going to have to write this book. Like I can't not write the book. I'm now invested in the book. And then I also knew that I was going to have to expand my container because the girl I was in January could not be the same girl that wrote my book or woman, I guess. So I spent three weeks crying about that decision. And at the same time, I knew 
that it there it wasn't a decision. So had you already invested in it or had you spent three weeks crying about investing in it? I spent three weeks crying about investing in it. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. I got to tell you, saying to you the words out loud, the power of that, will you be on my podcast? Someone who I had watched and witnessed and, and admired saying this word to you and you saying yes, concretize something that wasn't the day before, wasn't the minute before, right? Asking bigger people, making a commitment outside of myself to another human being. You know, we we are herd animals. We need each other. You know, skin in the game. The more yep. skin in the game you have, the bigger expansion. It's like kind of like I see it as looking at a higher power spirit and just being like, yes, I'm doing this. Like I am all in. You know, I work with a lot of women who um, who want relationship and they want to stay with their ex-boyfriend who's not <laughs> the man for them before they get, you know, it's like you have to be all in. You have to be all in. Yeah. And so this was your all in. That's a huge thing. It was. And I'm still, I mean, we're what, so that was May to October. So I'm five months, five months in with them. And I'm still every month. I'm like, oh my God, uh, like I'm still in it. it. And I don't, I'm sure it goes away. And maybe once the book is launched, it'll be different, but I'm still in that phase where I can't see it yet. It hasn't like, yes, my book has been written. Yes, it's ready. In fact, my first copy just got shipped to me today. Um, ah. Proof. And, but I still like, it's still not here. I still can't touch it. It's not. And this is the thing about the leap process is that you literally have to take something you can't see and turn it into a physical manifestation of physical reality. And like you said, so many people want the physical proof first before they say yes, before they commit to this thing. And it's like, it doesn't work that way. That's why it's called the leap of faith. You have to have faith because you're never going to see proof of it in the physical world until you do the commitment and all the work behind the scenes in the spiritual world. Yeah. Beautiful. And so, especially with my book, it's six phases. We don't even start talking about the physical world until phase five. Right. Phases one through four are all energetic. They're all spiritual. They're all internal. Yeah. And there's, and the, the problem, one of the things I find that like hinders people and hinders myself at too, is that when I see people, all I ever see is phase six or, you know, five or six, right? You only see these other outwardly, again, Facebook feeds. And it's like, no, you need to, I believe you having witnessed you and watched you. I know that you did the energetic work. I believe that you spend three hours a morning in prayer. You know what I mean? Like I got, because I've seen the proof in the pudding, right? It's, I've seen you do the work. We all have to do it. So you're doing this work. I'm so impressed. <laughs> you, you get the marketing team and you go up to Seattle. But at yeah. this point, you're just writing notes. Yeah, at this point, I, well, so the marketing team, the second I hired them, we did like a 12-hour day. And wow. we sat down and they did a deep dive into my website and my courses and my marketing and everything. And we sat down and they helped me that day. It was like a week, I think, before I was leaving for Seattle. And we sat down that day and we did my entire book outline. And we revamped, we, birth, we gave birth that day to my six-month program that goes along with the, the, the book. And um, so kind of a lot of stuff came out of that meeting. And as I say to my, my people and in the book and everything, like commitment breeds clarity. 
So the second I committed to them, the book outline came. I mean, we spent, of that 12 hours, we spent less than an hour on the book outline. I mean, it just came. It was just there, right? So I have a book outline. I have a, a general idea of where I'm going. I have a, an idea of some of the tools I'll be sharing in each chapter, some of the stories I'll be sharing in each chapter. But I knew, so the day before I left for Seattle, I lost it. Like I was, you know, if you talk about physical leaps, I was literally sitting on the edge of the airplane with the dude strapped to my back being like, I don't want to jump. I don't want to go. Oh. I'm gonna, I am gonna die. Like I can't. And yeah. so I, I cried on my couch that morning for five hours. The day I left, I cried on the couch for like three hours. Thank goodness for my cat sitter. She was like here and she literally like shoved me out the door and was like, okay, okay, bye. We're going to be great. Get out. <laughs> and uh, so it's the Phoenix, right? It's the Phoenix. Yeah. If you want to be something bigger, you know, you have to disintegrate and you did this disintegration and the disintegration just isn't pretty. I've never seen it be pretty. Oh my gosh. And it's the heel. It's so not pretty. <laughs> but it, but in this process, were you feeling, are you now, since I know you're still in the middle of this process, but do you feel the healing of this? I mean, I do. And, and honestly, like a lot of the writing in the book and revisiting a lot of the stories and I write, there's one passage I write about, uh, about my childhood. And it was something that I honestly haven't really thought about for decades. Mm -hmm. And as I was writing about it, I was like, oh, everything about my childhood all of a sudden makes sense. Hmm. Like I get it. I was, I don't want to say a troubled child. I was a very uncomfortable child and I had everything I could have ever needed. My mom is amazing. Hmm. And like I said, I was an only child. And so like I got to choose what movies we watched and I got to choose what we did on a Saturday and I got to choose what we had for dinner and I got to choose everything. I got to, you know, I was in dance classes and swimming lessons and my mom gave me the world and I had everything. I had friends. We, I have great grandparents that helped raise me and take care of me. And I was so deeply unhappy as a child mm. and I could never put my finger on it. Mm -hmm. But as I was writing this book, I was remembering sitting in the back of my mom's car as a little kid and like staring out into the dark sky and trying to like see past our, our universe, see past our solar system, see past like, like really staring into the depths of like what's outside of our solar system, right? We talk about our solar system and like yeah. what it looks like, like what's past that? There has to be something more. There has to be something bigger. And that's where I talk about knowing that there was something more out there. Mm -hmm. And I would constantly try to see it as a little kid, but as a little kid, I couldn't, I didn't have the tools. I didn't have what I needed. And as a result, I was so deeply uncomfortable and I would cry so much as a little kid. And I never, my mom would always ask me and I had no idea. I never knew why I cried as much as I did as a little kid mm -hmm. until I wrote this book. That's and as I was writing, I was like, oh, I get it. I was trying as a little kid to tap into the spiritual world, but I could only see the physical world. And there was just this like, I didn't have the knowledge, the tools, the, the language to even connect with that. So what I hear you saying is your spiritual life is the healing, is the healer to that which brings you pain. Is that accurate? 
Yeah. I mean, it definitely, I just got full body chills. So it seems to be fairly accurate. (laughs) (laughs) We get those immediate responses. I know. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's been, and because I got to channel this book and because I got to receive the information instead of generate it, Mm. um, it was just such a, it was such a unique process and it did bring so much healing to me and understanding and even some of the phases I talk about in the book, I was, I look back on the leaps I've taken and I'm like, oh, that's what that was. You know, even this year as my life was falling apart, I was still playing the victim and upset and like super what is going on and just confused and angry and all these things. And as I was writing the book, I was like, oh, duh, my life was realigning itself earlier this year. Got it. Okay, good. Well, it's hard. You know, I just, I want to really reflect back to you from my own experience. It's hard in the moment, right? I can tell you what happened looking back. I can hold space for other people, but in the moment, in your own big, in my own big emotional experience, it's hard to hold anything other than that. And yet we get to honor that. And that's the other piece. Like you're, this is what I hear from you that I I really appreciate um, is that you honor the spiritual beautiful faith and you honor your humanity there's so much spiritual bypass today there's so much i'm spiritual i don't pay my bills but i'm very connected you know or i only work right i only push and it's that balance is so tricky yeah i talk about this in the book too of of the very I, i think it's the beginning of the book i was on my yoga mat the one year and i kept every time i got on the yoga mat I kept getting the same message. You're the divine intersection of spirit and earth. Hmm. And for the first several times, I was like, okay, cool. What do you want? (laughs) Whatever. Yeah. And I found this moment where I was like in tree pose and I can feel spirit flowing through me. And at the same time, I can feel the sun on my skin and the cat like weaving around my leg. And, you know, the car horns from the 101 happening outside my window, right? And like, and I was like, oh, right, I get it. Like, we get to be this vessel to contain our spirit. And that doesn't mean we get to deny ourselves of this human experience that we're having. It's a continuum. It's, it's a, you know, it, you can swing the pendulum far to one side, but you're missing out on so much by doing that. And so one of my things is I really like to be in the middle. I love to play in the spirit realm and like experience. I'm just learning how to use sacred geometry and like all like playing with all this cool energy stuff and like, oh, I just love it. And being on the couch with my cats and like feeling into their skin and just like being you know their fur and just being present with them or like having a really amazing meal or like going to, I walk two miles in the mornings around the lake and like taking my shoes off and sinking my feet into the earth. And like, like that stuff is just as important as my meditation and my spirituality and my channeling and my connection with source, right? Like you can't have one without the other. We're here to experience both. And so I feel like I would be quote unquote doing it wrong, even though I don't I don't subscribe yeah. to right and wrong, but I'd be doing it wrong if I were denying myself of one of those two ends of the spectrum. Well, in, in some ways, I think, you know, doing the dishes, right? Doing the laundry, doing the dishes is, is the harder spiritual practice, right? I just want the euphoria. I don't want to have to sit on the cushion, right? Like, I don't, 
I don't want to have the day that I can't do triangle pose without falling down. I don't, you know, and yet there's no way to get from point A to point B, right? There's no way to disconnect those two and to really honor that is what I hear you saying. Yeah. 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 We're out of time. I am incredibly grateful for you to take your time out. And um, I want to tell everyone, A, your book comes out November 14th. I am so very honored and excited and I can't wait. And I already have my copy, but we won't get into <laughs> that. So you can find out how to get a hold of Bree. You can find out how to get a hold of the book. You can find out where to sign up for your six-month program, which I am so any anyone that's going to do that is going to find such a great from my experience a, a place of holding and honoring from where they are you know support because you've been you know that's what this leap takes so um, much support and that's one thing I, I do want to mention is yeah. i know you said that social media gets really shiny and so one of the things i've been really committed about with this process was 90 days out from my launch i started doing daily video diaries and just really the reality of like, this is where I'm at. And a lot of them happen at 5.30 in the morning. And a lot of them happen on my walks. And a lot of, almost all of them happen without makeup. And they're, they're just really real about like, you know, I this week have been in the pause of the leap. Right mm -hmm. before things start manifesting, there's always a pause. And I've been in the pause this week and I've been like, okay this thing going to work? Like, am I going to fail? I don't really know. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I've been, I've done my best to be pretty transparent about this process because it is a process and I am human and anyone that goes through this, you know, I'm super real about what it looks like and how it works. And I also find that those moments of pause, it's such a juicy time to like my brain, the monkey mind comes up with so many ways to sabotage stuff, right? Like, I'm like, I don't like to feel this way. Let's go. I know, I know we're going to change the name. You know what I mean? Or like some random thought. Yeah. And so that's, that to me again is shows your spiritual strength to sit in that pause, to sit in that oh, fear. Believe me, it's been, it's been a practice because so much of me just wants to hustle and just be like, I'm going to make the momentum happen, right? Like, I'm just going to do it. You know, my ego is like, we're just going to make it happen. And then the, you know, the other part of me is like, okay, let's breathe. Let's be in this. And you know, it's a, it's a moment by moment thing, really. There you go. And that's the spiritual life. Yeah. Each moment. Yeah. So thank you so, so much for honoring me with this time together. And I uh, can't wait to see what happens next. Thank you for holding the space. I'm super honored to, to be one of the catalysts for you to, to bring your light out further into the world. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode of Spirituality Out Loud. Be sure to rate us, review us, and like us on Facebook and share us with your friends.